and welcome to The Solve Network. My name is Shane Borza, and I'll be your host. Along with my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we'd like to welcome you. Our mission is to provide solutions and create a network of experts for you to learn from. Now, this show is a little different than most podcasts, as it is actually a live call held twice a month. If you can, please join us on the first and third Thursday of each month so you can get your questions answered live and direct from the experts themselves. If you're an expert, please contact me at shaneborza.com so you can be a part of the network. And now, here's our show. Scene one, Apple, take one. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, your content creator coach. I have two books on filmmaking, Film Notes, where you learn to write, direct, and produce, and the Film Notes Workbook, where you can learn checklists and paperwork to streamline creating your content. Available at shaneborza.com. I also have filmmaker resources like the Paperwork Bundle with over 300 documents, the Sound Effects Bundle with almost 3,000 files, and the Music Bundle featuring 900 tracks of all genres. Want to build your professional credits? Become an associate producer and get listed on IMDb. Let me help you get your art out into the world. Scene one, Apple, take one. Before I launch into any questions, I'd love to open it up to other people on the call and see if anybody else has any uh, either question, comments, or anything else they'd like to ask directly to Kelsey. Okay, I see some questions in the chat, so I'm going to start asking some of those. And then if anybody has anything, just kind of cue me or what have you, and I'm happy to have you step in. You mentioned the neuroplasticity earlier, and I, I think you mentioned a, a law on that. Who, whose law? Mm-hmm. What was that that you were talking about with the neuroplasticity? Good call. Uh, Hebb's law, H-E-B-B apostrophe S, Hebb's law. um, And it is that whatever fires together, wires together. And that's with anything that, that kind of synaptic um, uh, synopsis with our, with our neurons that the more often that they fire together, the more likely, the stronger that connection gets, which is also really great news. While we can't completely um, destroy any pathways that we've created, um, we can prune it away. So I'm currently, like, just for reference, like I'm currently in Mexico. Um, I've had four years of Spanish through high school, I guess five years if you include college, and but I wasn't using it. And it's not that you completely lose it, but it gets really, really rusty. Um, But the more often you use it, the more often that you practice it, the more likely you are for those um, synapses to wire together and it'll become easier and easier. Can you talk about micro achievements versus macro goals? You'd mentioned some of those kind of small victories. So yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, it really, it kind of depends on the person, but I do, I think it's exciting to have big goals and in no way do I want anyone to feel like, um, they can't dream big or whatever else, but I like to think of it. So I, I'm, I usually live, or I have lived a long time in Colorado and we have a whole bunch of 14ers, right? These 14,000 foot mountains. And there's something like, and I love hiking them, but like every time I look up at the top of a 14er or any mountain for that point, for, it's, it's daunting, 
right? It's overwhelming. And honestly, if I were to continue to just look at the tip of the mountain, I'm going to fall on my face, <laughs> right? So either A, I, I, won't, I won't even start because it's too big, I'm too overwhelmed, or B, I'm just not looking in the right spot. So it's really important for us to remember that in order to, it's good to have a trajectory, but recognize that we need to focus on the little micro steps that are going to get us there. So, so many of the things that I talk about with, with my clients that we celebrate, right? We, we deeply celebrate, um, just like mindful eating. So say that if if you were to eat a majority of your meals on a plate, that's a win. That's a really big win because how many of us mindlessly eat out from containers, from bags, and then we end up overeating. Another huge win is, is just eating without distraction, eating, you know, eating without um, your cell phone or watching television or whatever else and actually just sitting and just eating. Um, it could be waking up and drinking water, just drinking more water throughout the day. While these things are small, like, they are huge. And when repeated over and over and over again, again, they are each little thing like that is casting a vote for the type of person you want to be. So yes, maybe you want to get to a point that you're running a marathon, but let's first at least start with like a 10 or 15 walk minute walk after dinner. And then you progress it and progress it just a little bit more each time. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think, um, one of the things that I really loved again in atomic habits, he talks about the two minute rule. And make like, if you're, if you have a goal, but you're getting nowhere on it, or if you're not actually practicing it, it may be that it's not simple enough. BJ Fogg, um, he does Stanford professor. He talks about this as well. And I think has a book called tiny habits. And again, like if it's too big, you won't do it. But if you have something that's less than two minutes, like if you can just meditate for two minutes, or if you can maybe like BJ Fogg talks about doing a push-up. Um, every time he like doing like five pushups after he went to the bathroom, or if you can just floss one tooth, you know, if you can make it so that the accomplishment is so, um, it's just so easy. Like, of course I can do that. Like, it's so easy that there's no way you're not going to do it. And then once you get into the habit of doing it, that small thing, then you can start progressing it from there. But it's really about scaling it back to a place that, that you'll actually do it. Great answer. And it's funny, I, I started uh, smiling because I was picturing, oh yeah, just start with a short walk and then eventually you'll do a marathon after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm sure somewhere uh, someone's uh, done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Those people are crazier than I am. So I have a question here. Is it possible for someone to be either physically or medically prevented from executing a plan even though they've like successfully designed the environment for the plan to work? I think it's absolutely, I mean, the whole point of a plan, I guess for me, I am not a proponent of like a structured meal plan or a diet or a structured, um, in the sense that it's, the whole thing is, is I don't know your body like you do. And you don't know my body like I do. Now, obviously, we can have some goals and some certain things. But I mean, and, and if you have certain medical issues, like that's, that's totally like the whole point of intuitive eating is to listen to your body. 
and to ask yourself, how do I want to feel? How can I best nourish and satisfy my body right now? Um, and so, and they're definitely like, you can set your environment. Now, one thing with the whole redesigning your environment, I will kind of point out. So a lot of people who struggle with binge eating, um, their go-to is to just not buy the food. Like just, I won't buy the food. I won't let it in the house. I won't do like, cause if I let it in the house, then I'm going to have to eat it all. <laughs> and that was totally me. Um, and that's where I would kind of talk about redesigning the way you think about food. Um, I highly recommend the book intuitive eating. It's, it changed my life. And one of the concepts they talk about was making peace with food, especially with the holidays, because the more that you make a food forbidden, or as I used to call them, no stop foods, um, or the more you kind of tell yourself, I can't have this thing, the more you're going to think about it, the more you're going to want it, the more you're going to crave it. Um, and so when I say redesign in that sense, I don't mean that it can't be in the house or you can't ever have it again. But I do think there's not really a reason for it to be like right in the most obvious, like right in front of you all the time. Like that's not really <laughs> like for any sort of habit you, if you want a habit, a good habit to start, you want to make it as easy, obvious, and convenient. If you want to make another habit hard, or if you want to stop a bad habit, you need to add friction. And so you can be that like social media. If you're struggling with social media, delete the apps from your phone. That adds some friction. Um, if you are tired, you know, if watching television is an issue, hide the remote. Um, if, you know, eating certain foods, maybe just, it's not that, that you can't have them, but just make it a little bit more difficult. So you have to think about it. Or in my program, we have an app where you take a picture of your food before eating just because it adds a little friction, a little bit more, it makes you a little bit more conscious before choosing to eat. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and I think that uh, those little things are nice opportunities to pause and reflect. Mm -hmm. Gives you that beat, like you were mentioning earlier, you know, just take two minutes to meditate, you know, it's like, oh, well, what would that do in your day? It's, it's just a few minutes, but it gives you a chance to reframe. And same thing, if you sit down to eat without thinking about it, you might not consciously recognize like, oh, is this going to serve me? But if you're going to take a picture, you're literally looking at it through a lens. Yeah, that's a great idea. So this is a question about kind of where to start. So uh, are there any studies that could help someone understand where to focus first? I feel like trying to structure my physical eating environment with my social friend environment and my informational like media environment is a lot to deal with. Yes. No, I, and that, I think the big thing there is just recognizing you have to choose just one, like, it, or it has to be so, so simple. And more than anything, choose the one that's most important to you right now. Like I, and I, I try, this is something that I struggle with. I want to do all the things I want to practice my Spanish and I want to like do more with my nutrition certifications. And I want to do more with my entrepreneurial business and I want to do YouTube and I want to do all the things. Right. But I'm, there's no way, again, if you get into that all or nothing where I'm going to overhaul my life and do all the things it, it just won't work. So find something that really works for you 
And one thing I will say that I do think in all honesty has, has changed my entire life and, and anyone else that I've come by. If you can first, however you want to start your morning, however you want to start your day, really, and it, it can be so tiny, but I want you to think about like how many of us start our day and within one minute we're looking at our phone and we go from sleep and then we're just pulling in all this stress, all this anxiety, all this like comparison. If you can take even five, 15 minutes, I don't care what it is you're doing. If you can take time to feel gratitude, if you can take time to just maybe visualize how you want your day to go. If you can just take a moment to meditate, take a moment to journal, um, affirmations, whatever it is, but let it be yours. I will absolutely, if you can take five to 15 minutes before anything in your day to carve out, to know that you've given it to yourself, it'll change your life. And you'll be much more intentional throughout the rest of your day. The other things will come on with time, but I would definitely prioritize that time. It's so, so precious. Yeah, that's an amazing message and, and very powerful. So this is a similar question about the kind of like not knowing where to start, but about a different aspect. So are there any misconceptions about what is healthy and what isn't? How do you know if dairy is good or yes. bad? How do you know if fat is good or bad? How do you know, for example, if carnivore or vegan is good or bad? I love this. <laughs> ah, this was, this was me. I was, and I was a professional, right? I've been a personal trainer for over 10 years and I kept doing the same thing. I was, I was so confused. What, am I supposed to be intermittent fasting? And I, I, I've done them all. I've done them all. I've done the paleo. I've done whole 30. I've done keto. I've done the intermittent fasting. I've done the, I've done them all. And here's the answer. There is no good or bad food. There is no healthy or unhealthy food. The more we label foods, the more, again, it becomes forbidden, special, and you'll end up craving it because I told you, you can't have it. I'll never tell my clients that they can't have something. And so I'll answer that in the sense that like, I firmly believe that it is far less important about what we eat and far more important for us to think about why and how we are eating. Why are you eating? Are you eating because you're bored, because you're stressed, because whatever are you eating or are you eating to nourish, to love, to satisfy? Also notice food is an amazing experience. We're about to have the holidays and I don't like, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love my mom's homemade cooking. And so I, for me, why am I eating this food? Whether it's healthy or unhealthy, quote unquote, I'm eating this for the experience. I'm eating this for the memory. I'm eating to enjoy. I'm in Mexico. You don't think I'm not going to have some like amazing, like authentic food and tequila? Like, yes. Am I, but like, again, it's why and how. So 
be careful with the holidays that you don't get into this FOMO. Just because there's no good or bad food doesn't mean you need to have this fear of missing out. And so really ask and check in with yourself, why am I eating this? And then check in, how am I eating this? Am I eating this slowly? Am I smelling the food? Am I Am I chewing and, and getting the texture? Is it crunchy? Is it soft? Is it, is it sweet? Is it bitter? Is it spicy? Is it, what does it taste like? What are my memories? Am I letting my mouth water? Am I really chewing every single bite? Am I just enjoying the company that I'm with? Food is an experience so much more. And I promise you that if you just slow down And if you eat mindfully, you are far more likely to be satisfied with less. And you'll actually be satisfied and not feel any guilt or shame because you did so consciously. You are preaching tonight. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah, I think this is, like you mentioned, it's, it's about transforming the self Mm -hmm. from the inside so that you can then look at these things differently as opposed to making these strict rules that you have to memorize and measure and all that stuff. That's not sustainable. So that's, that's great. Uh, next question is if you could recommend, you know, do these three things first and worry about everything else. Once you've got those down, what would you tell someone that those like initial three steps would be? Um, I'll be, I'll, and I'll kind of give you a little highlight of what the the five day challenge will kind of go over. Um, so I, I, I tend to say there's four, um, I have four foundational habits and, um, I, I go deep dive into how to implement those more during the challenge, but just as kind of an overview, water, (laughs) do not underestimate water, (laughs) start your day with water. It's huge. Uh, exactly. And like literally just the first thing I always have water on my nightstand. I travel, love it, Kari. Uh, (laughs) like start your day with water. Um, if you can have water throughout the day, like I promise you, it's amazing for your skin, for your digestion. It can help with appetite control. It's a natural energizer because it actually, um, generates new red blood cells. So there's more oxygen throughout your body. Water is amazing. Number two steps. So the biggest thing I get so many people, especially they're like, what workout do I need to do? Do I need to do hit training? Do I need to do how much are you moving in general? So in our metabolism, there's this thing called NEAT, which stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And it is actually the majority of our metabolism. Um, sorry, not the majority. Well, the majority of our metabolism is our resting metabolism, right? Which could possibly be impacted by having more muscle on your body. But Second to that is NEAT. And all NEAT is, is when you choose to park further away from the grocery store, or when you choose to take the stairs rather than the escalator, or when you choose to just go for a 10 minute walk after dinner, rather than just sitting on the couch. 
it's you just being over. It's me talking right now. It's me like using my hands and being whatever. So that, you know, those people who feel like you're like, man, they have a really fast metabolism. More often than not, they're really fidgety. More often than not, they're just moving their body unconsciously. And some, sometimes what happens is if we over-exercise or do these high-intensity exercises, we end up compensating because we're exhausted the rest of the day. We just don't move our body at all because we're exhausted. Or if you're overly restricting your calories, you're exhausted because your body's trying to like preserve energy. So just be more active, get steps. If you can, and like, it's up to you. It's arbitrary. If you're only getting 2000 steps in a day, let's aim for three. If you're getting 5,000, let's aim for seven. If you're getting eight, let's aim for, you know, just kind of like bump up and progress. So water steps, gratitude. And I would say gratitude is actually my biggest hands down 100%. That one habit will change your freaking life. I promise. If you can wake up in the morning and instead of being like, Oh my God, I got to go to work. If the first thing you can think when you wake up is like, thank God I have another day or thank whoever. Thank you. I have another day. There's another opportunity. Thank you that I have parents. Thank you that I have friends. Thank you that I have a job or thank you that I have clean water. I have food. I have eyes that can see. I have legs that can walk. Thank you. Really feel gratitude. So often, like I said, where focus goes, energy flows, results show. And if your focus is on all the, your cellulite or all the little, your rolls or all your wrinkles, that's all you're going to see. But if you can put on the glasses, if you can put on the gratitude lens, and instead of picking at everything that you don't like, if you can instead be grateful and appreciative that you have a heart that pumps, you have eyes that see, you have a stomach that digests food, you know, like, and absorbs nutrients. You have all these things going for you. Appreciate it. And when you appreciate something, you take care of it because what you appreciate appreciates. And then I guess the last one that I talk about is that mindful eating. And that's where really just how are you eating and being conscious of that? So yes, water, steps, gratitude, mindful eating. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think I'm pretty sure Tony Robbins said focus energy flows. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I just going to ask, uh, and I think there was a third part where focus goes, energy flows. What was in the results show results, and results show. show. Got it. Cool. Okay. It's a big deal. We focus way too much on the negative focus on what you want to see more of. Uh, someone's saying, uh, you mentioned you typically work only with women. Is it because you feel that men and women are different or is there another reason? <laughs> um, okay. So I, and I'm, I've been a, doing a little bit of an identity. So I've worked with both. Um, and I, I absolutely love working with men. Um, and this, this boot camp is open to men. This boot camp is open to anybody. It's not just women. Um, the reason I tend to work with women is I find that talking about binge eating is embarrassing um, for some people or they, not that everyone labels themselves as a binge eater, but they don't want to talk about the fact that they struggle with food or they'll overeat in, you know, um, or feel out of control or maybe obsessively. And so I think 
just working with women gives them that safety gives it kind of feels a little safer for them to be able to talk about it in, in my, in my community. Um, that being said, um, I do really enjoy working with men. I think I've kind of gotten away from it from the on, from when I started going online because I started getting, it got a little creepy. (laughs) Um, nothing against me. I just, um, so yeah, but at, at this boot camp is open to everybody. They are just general healthy habits. And, um, I really, I think no matter what, and I know men struggle with binge eating and, and eating disorders as well. I, I absolutely know that. And, and honestly, possibly not more so, but in the sense that like, they hardly have a safe place to talk about it because they don't talk about it because, it, it's just like a taboo, especially for men. Um, but a lot, and they think it's, it, a lot of people think that eating disorders or disordered eating is just because it's an aesthetics or like, um, or just like women feel like they need to look a certain way. But a lot of times it's a control issue, especially people who struggle with binge eating. Um, they tend to be perfectionists. They tend to be high performers, very driven, Um, and they'll have every other aspect of their life put together except this one area. Um, and it, it, that's definitely because even anorexia, it's a control thing. Um, and so, and a lot of times people who struggle with binge eating, they were previously struggling with anorexia. A lot of anorexics then become binge eaters. And a lot of that's because it's a survival mechanism. The body just ends up being like, dude, we need some effing food. And then it becomes a habit, right? Um, That kind of um, just whatever reaction. So uh, yes, so I do work with both. This this boot camp's open for both. Um, But right now um, my my Weeby Warriors has just been women. So this is kind of two questions in one. What's your biggest challenge as a health coach working with your clients? And how do you predict the current pandemic is going to affect people's habits? These are good questions, people. (laughs) Um, Okay. So as a a biggest challenge as a health coach, um, I think for me, and actually it's, it's one of my favorite things, but I would say, it's a, it's a challenge, but once they get it, that aha, it's so satisfying. It's when they finally recognize that their health issues or their struggles with food or their weight has really nothing to do with their diet, has really nothing to do with the external at all. And it has everything to do with how they feel about themselves. It has everything to do with the stories that they tell themselves, whether they feel like they're broken, whether they feel um, like, again, I've seen it again and again. I just, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not, I'm not deserving of that. I don't deserve that because ABC, like I don't look a certain way. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not whatever. And when we can finally get into this place of, I am enough, when you can really feel that and believe I am enough right now, just as I am, ah, 
That's life-changing. Um, and that for me, it takes a while. It takes that repetition, but once they get it, so satisfying. Um, and then as far as this pandemic, there's a lot of things. Unfortunately, this pandemic, um, breeds a lot of loneliness, uh, and loneliness is an uncomfortable feeling. And again, when we feel uncomfortable, we reach for things to fill that void, right? It's that whole thing. Again, I don't feel enough. So like it, we're always looking for distraction, whether that be with work or with, um, it could be pornography. It could be shopping. It could be social media. It could be alcohol. It could be food, whatever it is. We're looking for something to fill that void, to distract, to feel better. Um, and the other thing that I think this pandemic has definitely done is it's kind of, um, well, two things. One, now a lot of people are at home and they're like, that was something I was dealing with for a year before this pandemic. When I first started working from home, anytime I'd feel anxious or overwhelmed, well, the pantry's right there. You know, it's not the same as like at work. And all of a sudden that becomes your new habit. That becomes like your routine. And all of a sudden, like, why am I always reaching for food? And it's because you never recognize what the triggers were. Um, but, uh, that, and then, uh, the other thing with the pandemic is, and I really want to want people to watch out for this. Um, we kind of get this victim mentality, this like kind of giving ourselves an excuse. Oh, well, 2020, oh, the pandemic. Oh, well, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that there aren't some things, but you know, and I, and I understand and, and you, all of your feelings are absolutely valid in no way am I saying that they're not. But at the end of the day, this is still your one life. And I want you to have a quality life. I want you to have a life where you feel amazing and at your best. And you deserve more than just saying, well, I'm just going to write this year off. I'm just going to write this time off. Oh, whatever. No one cares anyway. And again, it's the, uh, the presence the, and the intention mm -hmm. that uh, you've mentioned before. As, uh, and, you, and you're right, there's a lot of people, uh, and, and I think that that is this cycle as well, because, you know, you'll see things on social media where everyone will say like, oh, the pandemic 15. And so then people go, oh, well, that's happening. So it's fine, you know? So, uh, yeah, cut that stuff out. And exactly. Like, stop. Yeah. Don't put your focus there. There, it doesn't have to be. Now you have more time than ever. And you get to choose. You have the power to choose how you use that time. And if you're struggling with it, then I highly encourage you to find a community or to find a coach or find something that's going to help hold you accountable and help bring you up to the standard that you know you are worth having. So I have a couple of last ones. And as a reminder, anyone else on the call, feel free to jump in if you have a question or comment you'd like to run past Kelsey. So this next one is, is there such a thing as a common piece of kryptonite for people who want to be more intentional in their food and habits? Or is this as, as varied as the people you work with? Um, if it's common, is there a top three, top five, top 10, something like that, like list of things to avoid or something like that to help set people up for success. 
Kryptonite, it does kind of depend. Um, I would say most common would be sugar. Um, other things, uh, honestly, like, and I've seen this, especially with binge eaters, peanut butter. Peanut butter is a huge kryptonite for people. Um, it's really easy to eat really quickly and it's really cal- calorically dense. Um, it's also, you know, depending on certain, it's maybe more healthier things, sugary cereal, granola. Um, let's see other, like just ice cream, things like that. What I want, I encourage you though, even though the, there's a lot of these similarities, um, a, it's all in the way you think about it first. I, I know a lot of people like to say, well, there's a sugar addiction and all this processed food and like they're making it really highly palatable and we can't do anything about it. I'm like, and I understand that, but if you're still eating slowly and really eating consciously and like putting the cookie on a plate and, you know, making it experience, I promise you'll eat less. But, um, so one thing is this self-fulfilling prophecy, be very conscious of your language. So I used to like, um, I would say like, well, whenever I eat peanut butter, I always overeat it. Whenever I have a cookie, I always, whenever they bring chips out on the table, I always eat all the chips. Whenever, you know, it's up to you like to recognize that language and switch it to say, I used to, I used to struggle with this. I used to struggle with this and make that your new pattern. The other thing I like the big reason why we struggle with these things, um, two big reasons, number one, they're highly palatable. And like, that makes sense from a survival mechanism, right? So if we've been dieting, if we've been really restrictive with our calories or with our foods, our body wants energy, especially if you've been really like, if you've been really restrictive with your calories, I don't know why women get in this idea. I need to only have 1200 calories. By the way, 1200 calories is what a three and a four-year-old need to survive. You deserve more calories than a three and a four-year-old. Let's just put that there. So when we over-restrict our calories, we end up overcompensating. Our body ends up feeling the survival mechanism. And so of course, when it wants to survive, it's going to reach for the thing that's going to give it the most energy, the fastest, right? And glucose, anything sugary like that, it's going to release energy really, really quickly. So that's partly why we reach for those things. The other reason is because we've labeled them as unhealthy. We've labeled them as forbidden. We've labeled them as bad foods. And then whenever I tell it's like, So let's see, all we wanted was to Netflix and chill, right? Until you were told for months that all you could do was Netflix and chill, right? So like I, whenever you're told you can't have something or you can't do something, it's the human condition. You feel deprived and you're going to want it more. So stop putting these labels on those foods And just really ask yourself if you actually want it. Give yourself unconditional permission. And like, so then you can go out for pizza and here's the best part. If you don't eat it all, guess what? You can totally take it home and you can have another slice tomorrow or later. You're an adult. You can totally have it. You're not a bad person for having it, but you may ask yourself, like, do you really even want it? Um, But yeah, that's the whole problem when we get into this FOMO, like, well, I'm eating out, so I might as well eat it all right now because I'm going to go back on my diet tomorrow. Makes no sense. You'll overeat, you'll feel bad, you'll over-restrict, 
and it's that pendulum. I think that pendulum example is really good. It's such a great way to frame it in a way that I think everyone can, you know, it, it's so easy to see or imagine a pendulum like swinging back and forth and you're like, oh, right, you know. I think uh, usually I hear people address it as like yo-yo dieting. Yes. But, uh, but to me, the pendulum strikes so much more clearly. So, yeah, that's a great, like, visual example, I guess, or, or our minds, you. you know, can picture that, I think, so much more. So you, know, you started to get into this a little bit in the last answer when you were talking about kind of all of these triggers and, and how we overcompensate. But the next question is a little long, but I'll, I'll just kind of overview it. You know, when what would you say to someone who feels kind of assaulted by the social media, they're overwhelmed with Corona, all the political stuff that's going on right now, and it, you know, is leaving people, like you mentioned earlier, like feeling alone, feeling kind of abandoned, and how it could lead them to, you know, being stuck at home with your family, you know, there's a lot of buttons there, there's a lot of overwhelm there, and there's a lot of bickering and things that can happen as well. And so you can kind of go into yourself and get depressed, and then some of these things can kick off, like binging or starving or whatever it is. So is there kind of just an overall message that you would give to people if they're starting to feel that they're like falling into that? Yeah. Um, again, everything is really valid. I think that that's really important. And, and sometimes that's one of the biggest things I do as a life coach is listen. Sometimes we just need to feel heard. We need to feel understood. We need to feel validated. L-U-V. Listened, listened to, understood, validated. Love. We need to feel loved. Also from there, I personally, like, I know there's a lot going on um, politically. I know there's a lot going on with, like, I know it, but I want you to, and I know it can be good to be informed. At the same time, I would highly recommend you turn it off. Again, where you're putting your energy, that's what you're going to see more of. We have this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. So the RAS and whenever it's like, whenever you buy a car and then you see that car everywhere, <laughs> it's not that that car wasn't always there. It's just that like you, you're like, we have billions of information, bits of information coming at us all the time. And the only way that we can function is by our brain prioritizing what's actually important to us. And so it's, the more that you focus on these things, the more you're going to see of it. And so it's the same thing for me when I'm like, I'm focusing on all the things I'm grateful for, all the things I'm appreciating, all the things that are actually really going well in my life. If I keep putting that out there and tell my brain, that's what I want to keep seeing more of, that's what I'm going to keep seeing more of. And again, it's an echo chamber. I really, I'm so serious when I talk about curating your social media or just getting off of it for a little bit, taking little, think of like taking a little break, but be conscious. If there is something that is bringing you down, not making you feel good, unfollow it, unsubscribe. There's no reason for you to take on and consume that information if it's pulling you down. And honestly, I haven't watched the news in ages 
somehow I'm still functioning and I kind of know what's going on in the world, people will let you know. <laughs> so if it's pulling you down, your health and your mental well-being is worth far more. And as far as like staying in the house and, and cause that is a big one. If you're not feeling safe in your own home, that's an environment, right? So I would encourage you, are there ways that you can find safe spaces? Can you find a safe space in your car? Can you find a safe space going for a walk? Do you have a place in your room? Something that is going to be grounding, um, finding times to journal it, actually write it out is so healing. Find someone to talk to who will listen. And um, I really am a huge person for, for stoicism. So if you ever want to read up on stoicism or Ryan Holiday has some stuff or um, Tim Ferriss talks about it too, but it is this idea that like you can have these feelings, but you really get to choose how you react. I think uh, Viktor Frankl talks about it in Man's Search for Meaning. And he was uh, a psychologist who had survived Auschwitz and how like at the end of the day, the one thing that no one can take, like take from you is how you choose to react to something. And I know how hard that can feel. I used to struggle with anxiety. I was this person, I was on um, anti-anxiety meds, Ativan. There was a time like I was on a plane and I ended up having to be put in an ambulance on the tarmac because I was having a panic, a panic attack and I couldn't function. And I was having all these physical manifestations of stress. I understand how overwhelming and how big it can feel. But the more that you can understand that you do have control over your reactions, that you get to choose how you want to feel, it's slow, but the more you practice that and understand that, the stronger you get. By the way, good book recommendations. I've gotten three or four of you throughout the talk here, which they're <laughs> all really good. Uh, and to piggyback on that, so I'm a big fan of The Daily Stoic, and they mm, have both... Mm-hmm. Uh, an email series and a podcast series. So if people want to read stuff or listen to stuff and they go together, so you can do both, but both are great. The emails and the podcast are both fairly short. Usually the audio is only five minutes or less on the weekends. They might have a interview with someone that's longer, like an hour, but it gives you this nice little way to kind of frame your day. And so what I like to do is I'll get up in the morning and as I'm going for kind of my warm up. I will listen to one of those. And then after a few minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm ready to train, do the whole day, and everything is framed within the little mini lesson. So if anyone is interested in that, yes, all of those recommendations that Kelsey just said are are fantastic. That's awesome tip. Thank you for that. Uh, So I have one last question, but I'd love to open it up and see, since I've been asking all the chat questions, if anyone else has anything they'd like to ask or comment on before we start to wrap up. All right, so I'll ask this last one. In your professional experience, are fitness trackers such as apps, Fitbit, et cetera, effective or are they just an expensive fad? (laughs) These are fun questions. I love everyone who's asking, like the way into it. Um, Okay, so a little bit about like fitness trackers. Um, As far as calories go, 
it's really off by usually by about like a 20%. And just so we're clear with calories on any sort of packaged good, they can be off by about 20% as well. I'm not a huge person. Like I do understand, I kind of go back and forth as far as like tracking your calories. If you can do so from a data standpoint, if you can do so just for curiosity, if you've never done it before and you're just kind of curious overall, how many calories are you having? Um, I ha- go for it. I think that it's, it's good information to have. Um, just don't get obsessive. You know what I mean? There's a really try as best as you can that like, if you go over calories, you're not a failure again, right? That's that all or nothing mentality. And there's nothing about that. For me personally, I do have my clients use an app. It does not count calories. It does not count macros. All it is, is it takes a picture of your food and then you get to comment on why you're eating. Like, are you bored? Are you tired? Are you stressed? Are you hungry? Is this social? Um, and you get to comment how it makes you feel. Um, are you satisfied? Are you guilty? Are you unsatisfied? Are you happy? Um, where are you eating? Are you eating in the car, in bed, on the couch, at the table? Are you standing? Um, who are you eating with by yourself, with family, with friends, with coworkers? And then, uh, if, if you are one of my clients, there's a premium version. So you can also record just, you know, if you went for a walk or what kind of, um, activity you're doing throughout the day, just so you have um, notice of it. You can track your caffeine intake. You can track your water. You can track your alcohol intake. Um, just again, because everything's about awareness, everything's about recognizing, um, why are you eating? It also comments like, so you can see how long you go between meals. So like, are you eating every hour? Why? You know, like, or, or are you eating like, then I was, when I started doing this, I realized, oh, every about three to four hours I get hungry. Oh, okay. That's what hunger feels like. And I'm also able to see how long are my meals taking? Am I eating in less than five minutes or is it taking me 15 to 20 minutes? That app, if you're interested, I absolutely love it. Hands down. It's called the eight app, eight, A-T-E. Um, and they've have a newsletter and everything. It's all about mindful eating. Um, and again, the premium version, I think is like $30 a month, but the free version is pretty awesome as well. My fitness pal, you can totally check it out. Just be very careful that you're not overdoing it and then tracking your calories. And like, as far as like, just don't take it seriously. Like as, um, I think way too many people, um, try and over like, I ate this. So now I need to do this exercise. And actually like that, that amount of physical activity, it only accounts for only up to five to 10% of our overall metabolism. So it's far more important that you just be just an active person in general, just be more active throughout the day. Um, and I mean, as far as counting steps, you can just, most of us carry our cell phone with us and that's counting your steps anyway. So fad, does it make you more aware? Is it kind of fun? Great. If you get obsessive, cut it out. Yeah. Good recommendations. And I have, I just want to double check. I haven't heard of that one. So it's the eight app, A-T-E, like I ate something. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're a small company, but I absolutely hands down. I collaborate with them on a lot of my YouTube content. They're phenomenal. Awesome. Good recommendation. Thank you. 
So those are all the questions that I have. If anyone has a last minute question or comment, you know, please get that in now. Otherwise I'll ask Kelsey to spotlight anything you have coming up. I know you mentioned your boot camp. Do you have a preferred method of having people contact you? You know, where can people reach out and find more information and all of that? Awesome. Um, so the currently, like I'm still kind of getting everything up and running, but, um, if you are at all interested in our boot camp, please, it's free and open to everyone again, open 20, uh, on the 26th. So just find that on Facebook. Um, if you're at all interested in getting a habits audit from me, like if you're just at all interested in learning just for us to sit down and kind of talk about where you are in your habits right now. Um, and just kind of have an under, like, let's recognize where you are right now. And I can help you come up with a plan to redesign what's going on or like what your environment looks like. And so we can make little small changes. Um, I have a free call. It's just called www.rediscoverycall.com. Um, and you can sign up to, to do a habits audit with me, um, and then if you, I do right now, if you are struggling with binge eating, I do have a free guide. Um, I know none of these make sense as far as the, um, as far as the actual, uh, website, but, um, my free guide, it's the five, um, ult or the five ultimate steps to eliminate binge eating. And you can find that at www.workwithkelsey.com. But the boot camp will be the biggest one for now. <laughs> rediscovery, rediscoverycall.com and yeah. workwithkelsey.com. You got it. Well, thanks so much for coming back. And I'd like to have you hang on for a moment after we wrap up okay. here. Uh, this is some comments coming. It's like, thanks so much, oh. Kelsey. That was great. Um, Yes, I agree. Uh, I think you're very much an expert and you have a, a wonderful way of framing everything. I think that quite often, especially in the health and fitness industry, whether you're going into a gym or, or something like that, a lot of times it's kind of like, oh, well, can't wait to get you to be what you're not. You know, they yes. really want to focus <laughs> on getting you to something else, you know? And so I'm, I'm really happy to hear you talk yes. about like, like you mentioned, you know, you are whole, you're beautiful, you're great, you're complete, you're all the things. And, you know, knowing that now, now let's try and work towards your goals. So I think that's a wonderful place to start. So, and I would have, uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of great feedback on the first call that you were on, and I'm really glad to hear you come on again. And I invite you to come back as I'm sure you're always learning yeah. and growing yourself. Yes, always. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, a climber, creator, and coach. And I want you to build the skill of health and fitness. My new course is a priceless gift to you, and it's available exclusively on PonoQuest.com. That's P-O-N-O-Quest.com. Build the Skill is a minimalistic, functional, real-world fitness program, which can help you to move better and get stronger faster. I can't wait for you to check it out. And when you do, please let me know how it helps you. That's build the skill at PonoQuest.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Solve Network. As a reminder, these calls are held live on the first and third Thursday of each month. 
If you'd like to join us as either a listener or guest expert, please contact me at shaneborza.com. On behalf of my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we're glad you are a part of the network and hope you are finding solutions. If you need solutions, please reach out.